They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Okay, dear Badders, so um, we've got a real treat today because not only do we have someone who has completed some of the greatest ultra events of all time, but this person also happens to be a do-badder as well. Uh, if you have been around in the do-badder community for a while, you will obviously know of the mighty Dave Stewart, and we're going to be talking to him today uh, about how exactly he got into uh running so many so many hundred milers and above and how he's managed to successfully what it seems to be every year completing one of like the landmark or uh, like milestone uh, ultra events uh, which is really quite uh, amazing and and be completely normal um, along the process as well so welcome to the podcast Dave Stewart thanks for having me no, no, it's good to have you. So we were just talking before uh, you know, we started recording and you, I felt like we were in a confessional. Um, you admitted something, which I'm not sure how many people know that. Maybe lots of people do know that, but you started off as a triathlete. Um, what went wrong with your life before that, 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 that pushed you into, into that discipline? I think it was having two young children and it was a chance to get out of the house and <laughs> um, bit of uh, out and about time. And yeah, just quite kind of, it was, well, we had it from, uh, we, we sponsored an event at work. So I kind of got a free place and that was the gateway drug to triathlon. That was at the London, London Olympic distance. So I trained up for that one and then did a half Ironman and then kind of went, yeah, kind of worked my way up from there, really. So. How does, did, did, were you doing anything before that? Like, was was running part of your life in any way? Was, like, any kind of athletics, anything like that? Uh, yeah, were you, were you, like, coming to triathlon, you know, as a, as, a, as a completely new athlete? Or was this just something different you were doing and you, you, you've always been kind of active? Um, well, I grew up in, uh, my parents used to be in a running club, so they used to go be in an athletics club and do 5Ks, 10Ks, cross-country, all that stuff. So it was kind of, when I was a kid, I got dragged around to lots of running events and then ran a bit of uni and then started work and kind of kept relatively active with going to the gym and stuff and then used to swim a bit and cycle a bit. And so then seeing it with work, it was a chance to do try. So I started from there and kind of enjoyed it. It was a good chance to get fit and just kind of, yeah, just kind of went from there, really. So your parents were in, you know, obviously, you know, in the, in the running club. Were you ever a member of running club? No, I did. I, I sort of struggled a bit. My sort of probably, um, I never really got into it um, as a kid. So, and then by the time I was sort of a bit older, um, I think they both got injured and stuff and sort of dropped out of it. So it's probably, so, so yeah, I used to run a bit, but not, yeah, not really, not much. So, um, so how, how does how did so what happened then with the with triathlon in terms of why you how you kind of like moved from triathlon to into kind of jumping over to not just running but but ultras like that's a that's quite a significant jump because majority of people that do triathlon normally come to triathlon as cyclists 
They don't ever think, oh, do you know what? You know, the running part of it is the bit I love. I, yeah, I'm going to go and continue that. So, kind of, what 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 happened? What is the what is your your, your journey out of Ironman and uh, and triathlon? So, so um, yeah, 2014, I did my first Centurion event. So I did the North Downs Way 50 and really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, got got around. Uh, it goes past pretty much past my house and sort of done quite a lot of training for that and really enjoyed that. Um, I got I did the Hever Castle Iron Distance one in July, which had been one of my big goals to um to get around that really and um managed to finish that. Um it's quite a hilly one, quite a challenging one. And then at the end of that of 2014, I had Ironman Wales. And so I signed up to that. Um I'd never swum in the sea before. Um it's quite a um difficult sea swim, and I got uh, I got rescued by the uh the R uh, the RNLI on the first lap of the swim. And uh for what reason? What is it? Cramp or something? I started vomiting and was just like I was really struggling. It was really heavy seas. I'd probably done less than a mile. Um, and they pulled out about 20 or 30 people. Oh, okay. Um, so it wasn't just me, it was like there was quite a few people, and I was like, sort of yeah, got my bike, got my stuff, got on the train home. I was I was home by the time it was from all the way home from Tenby. I was home by the time the race had finished. Uh, before the winner had even finished and it was just like I sort of figured that actually I'm not very good at cycling and I'm not very good at swimming so I'm not, quite good at the running bit and sort of went to see what happened after that and um, I'd done the North Downs Way 50 and then the next year I entered the Thames Path 100 and so. So okay so it, well, while you were doing triathlon you decided to enter the North Downs Way 50. See that is not a, that it doesn't seem a natural progression in any way. What 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 kind of made you? I'm really interested what makes someone do was that your first ultra distance? Uh I'd done one the year before which was like 29 miles or something. Yeah, um, proper ultra distance. We're not talking about you know a, a badly badly measured marathon where uh, yeah. but yeah so 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 yeah what was yeah what was the what was the thinking behind that? What was what either attracted you to it or was it just doorstep it's on my doorstep it's Yeah, was, I'd sort of seen it I'd, I'd seen it out I'd, I'd seen um like course markings out for it and I was like oh wow that's cool. I didn't know that existed and sort of started to learn about it and then yeah, I thought I'd, I'd be really cool to do the North Downs like 50 one, one year and then a couple of years got into it and and sort of, yeah, because I got up to running sort of 30, 35 miles as part of triathlon training. So it was like, um, but yeah, jumped to do the 50. Um, yeah, it was just really, yeah, it's a really good bike, really nice people, really good event, You're sort of out and about a bit more rather than sort of surrounded by triathletes, so... I was going to say that's my next question. So, comparing the people you were around, was there was there a huge difference in terms of you know how kind of like the vibe or uh, the competitiveness or 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 anything else? Yeah, I think ultra um, yeah ultra marathon runners are a bit bit more chilled. So, if you compare, say, the car park before an ultra versus like ten B car park with all the triathletes fighting over car parking spaces and all that stuff, but it's like. Um, and I think also with ultra marathons, you can't really just throw, you can to some extent, but you can't just throw massive amounts of money to make yourself go fast. It's not like you can go and spend like 10 grand on a pair of wheels or that kind of stuff. So it's like, that's kind of, yeah, it's just, yeah, just quite a different vibe. Um, and also I was a lot better at running. So I was like, when I did the Heaver Castle, it was really easy when I got out of the swim and went to do the bike because there was like three bikes left. So I was like, right, that's that's my bike over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, a benefit. That sounds, that's the, yeah, exactly. I, I don't see that as a as a problem whatsoever. Finding, 
because I never having done it like a triathlon before like the thing that one of the things that worries me is like oh god it's it's that transition like how do I find your bike you know how do you make sure you've got the right shit yeah so it's all of that stuff that uh, <laughs> I, I, you know thinking about it as, as as kind of a beginner that would worry me that sounds brilliant yeah last one a... in last one in the water last one out the water yeah bike sat there beautiful yeah because I think because all people scrapping to get the right spot in the swim I was just like well just wait wait to start for a few seconds let everyone get on the way the, the biggest risk in my triathlons is getting lapped because like with some of the earlier ones where there was like maybe six or seven waves that if if you you're sort of merrily cruising along at the back and then suddenly the next wave comes past and you're that's that's, oh, that's, right, that's yeah. less than ideal so that was that was always the goal was not to get swept up by the next wave but on the, okay. the Ironman ones are all like single starts so that's fine so so um so that's so that's interesting isn't it so you started off with Ironman and you didn't realize that actually you'd come full circle and eventually compete in another Ironman event with the with the UTMB um most recently that's true yeah although it wasn't owned by it wasn't owned by Ironman at that point so no no but it's amazing isn't it so so okay so so obviously something happened in that fit in the in the North Downs Way 50 and it made you think actually I enjoy this like this is yeah. something that I have like an aptitude for or whatever so yeah. like how long was it then before you then stepped up to oh yeah why was so, why was 100 your next your next choice uh because at that point there wasn't really anything in between so let's go back 10 years or so there wasn't it's not like you've mm. got 100 k's and all sorts of stuff but it's like you the sort of I could either do the South Downs Way 50 or the Thames Path 100 if I was going to do a different Centurion event. So I might have had a couple of other ones, but yeah, that was, so yeah, gave that one a go. Um, and then yeah, did nice. you, were you kind of training specifically for them? Did you kind of train? Because I mean, that's possibly quite a big, um, big change, like the amount of, uh, you know, going from like a multi-discipline kind of training to then just focusing on, on ultras like you said you were doing like about 35 miles a week um, yeah for, like to be honest even when I was doing when I was doing triathlon I was pretty pretty sort of half-hearted effort like sort of <laughs> I'd sort of cycle to and from work a couple of times a month or whatever and then go and then like with about seven weeks to go or something like oh blimey I haven't swum for since the last triathlon so then again go down the pool for a few sessions um and so yeah probably 70 percent of my time was 80 percent of my time was running so that's right of... okay so it actually wasn't it and then and then when you kind of like did your did your first hundred because i think loads of people have different experiences of their first hundred miler which either defines whether they keep doing hundred milers or whether they kind of like stick at it or whether they think i'm never going to do it again i think you know a lot of people yeah. having done a hundred miler for the first time were like this is not how i thought it was going to be it was yeah. awful but um obviously you saw something in that so how, how yeah how was your first 100 miler it was pretty grim to be honest um it was I was in reasonably good shape for the first eight or nine hours and then on the Thames yeah it's on the Thames path it got part you get past Reading and we get towards Reading and then it was just absolutely torrential rain for the last 45 miles and then so I got really bad my feet were soaked I got really bad blisters and it was just basically just walking through fields for like 13 hours that's the worst part isn't it of the um of the thames path like it does once you get out of kind of like london and london suburbs it's just the fields yeah it's just just dark and then you think we get into an a station no that's just someone's canal barge we're nearly there yet no 
So it's just another field, and then it's another yeah. field, and then it's another field, and it's just yeah, it doesn't. You don't have at least I think at least we're like until you get to kind of reading, at least it kind of breaks it up with yeah. there being places and and like like way markers. You go oh right, this is a this is another little town or this is another little town, and then you get you have that awful period where you just in the dark and in the middle of well not in the middle of the country ne- next to a bloody river in the country yeah um yeah so that was that was pretty hard going yeah it was like james elson coming up to the end as i absolutely soaked through and in a really bad way so oh, did you really enjoy that and i was like <laughs> no no i didn't at all it was awful <laughs> it's not the best it's i don't know james it's not the best time to get feedback on your on your race as you finished it because you i, I don't know like do you wait You've done you've done a lot of hundred milers now. How, yeah. how many hundred milers have you have you done in total? About twenty, well, twenty hundred miles or longer. So yeah, um, sometimes it's really good. Yeah, that happened to be because my feet were absolutely destroyed. Um, I was in pretty bad. Yeah, I was in yeah quite a bad way at the end of that one. So like in hind, yeah, and it just like it was that thing where you sort of expect it to be a running race, and it was like ten hours of walking basically. So yeah, I think that's what gets a lot of people. I think they just they they just think it's going to be. It, it's going to be different actually walking is is it's hard walking is really hard if you're not used yeah. to like hiking or or really yeah. kind of like slugging it out in in awful weather uh and you're used to being you know relatively quick runner it's uh yeah. it, it it can be awful and then yeah. when you i mean obviously you know as bad an experience that was it kind of been that bad an experience because you you carried on like what was yeah. the what was the what was the thinking was the idea <laughs> oh i know i'll do i want to um i want to get you know, do this quicker or i want to do more because the thing i think yeah. about ultras is that you, there are so many different potential goals that you can have um you know it might be you know the range of ultras that you do or yeah. it might be getting quicker so what was what at that point what what was your focus um yeah because i did i didn't end up doing the autumn 100 that year as well because i think i'd signed up to it months earlier or whatever and, and then got around that one and kind of had a, had a in some ways a much better race up until i, I was going really well until about 75 miles and the wheels fell off spectacularly and then kind of still got round that was got round in yeah because the first first 50 miles was eight hours 47 and the last 25 miles was eight hours 10 so it gives an idea of how bad that last bit was well if what does what does the wheels falling off look like for you it's just lots of walking it was just really slow walking and i think i'd sort of not eaten enough on the last leg and my knee was really sore and it was just like um, and I think because I used to wear, um, you know, the calf things and they duck in, dug into my shin. And so that had all swollen up. I hadn't realised that that was what the problem was at the time. And it was just like, it's just, yeah. And yeah, it's just a, a, a cold and wet and all that stuff. And so that was, but I still got a pretty good, it's still, it was a, so my first one was 23.03 and then my second one was 22.40. And then that's like, ah. Yeah, and so, so. how would you how would you define yourself as a hundred mile? Are you a kind of a a, a just kind of keep going type thing? Because when you say wheels fall off, no. I've been in those uh, aid stations, and I've seen wheels fall off in lots of different ways. <laughs> and you know, slowing down a bit is not it's not quite the same as you know some of like the like projectile vomiting, lying on yeah. the floor, you know, crying your eyes out. And then getting up and and you know for, yeah. you know some people staying there for like in an aid station for a couple of hours and then just jumping up yeah. and carrying on running and, and stuff like that. So hey, yeah. have you have you kind of always maintained a certain 
way of a, a, of kind of getting through a hundred miler. Yeah, I think it's more just a case of it's like, well, I want this, I want to finish it. So if I sit in an aid station for two hours, I'm still either unless I drop, it's not going to get closer to the finish. So it's just trying to get yourself out and keep going, really. So okay, and then so. Was it around like this time then, yeah, when you're starting to add up these hundred miles, then you you started to kind of go for these kind of like the this bigger these landmark races, the ones that are kind of always on the on the kind of or was that I mean was yeah, that so always intentional? Was or was that just something that you you kind of stumbled into? Well, that was it. So I started I started with the ballot. So the 2015, I got my first ticket into Western State. So that's when it started. So I, it was only up and it took me from up until 2022 of trying every year with the ballot to get into western states oh really so that was it was sixth 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 or seventh time that i got got in so you had with that and certainly in the first few years you had to run 100 miler every year to get to stay with to because otherwise your ticket can't reset yeah. so i changed it now so that they sort of it's only if you get in your ticket can't reset so yeah it used to be every year you had to run so then so 2015, I started the, the camp, and then 2016, I did the uh, Grand uh, Centurion Grand Slam. So having done the Autumn 100, which is the last race, and you sort of see everyone getting the yeah Grand Slam and all that kind of stuff, I was like, but I reckon I could probably do that. So, so that was then so 2016. What, so. so why? But before you go into that, why why the West why Western States? What was it about Western States that particularly made you think, okay, that that is the bit the big one for me? Because well, there weren't that many races at the time, and this was one where it was like because it used to say on like the Centurion website, it was like Western States qualifier and UTV yeah, was, qualifier. Yeah, and it was like okay, well, got a ticket, might as well try my luck or whatever. And never really thought, of, and it's so low odds of getting in that yeah, and just sort of yeah, went and just just figured I might as well start start applying, and you never know, and lots of people and sort of reading books and blogs and all that kind of stuff. I was like. Maybe one and then day. you did, and then you did, and so yeah, you then you did the Centurion Grand Slam, which um, if uh, if any listeners uh, don't know what that is, that is um, all four of the uh, Centurion hundred milers in in one year. Um, yeah. So how did how how does one approach that? Did you did you change anything about what you did in order to? It's, I find it really hard to work out like what to, how to approach that kind of thing because I'm always in such a terrible state after a hundred miler. But then I think, well, by the time the next one comes out, I'll probably be all right. But it, it has more yeah. of a a mental impact on me, I think, than than a physical yeah. impact. And so I don't. I think everyone's different, aren't they? So how did how did did yeah. you did you do anything different when you approached? Not it? not really. I kind of cause it's six weeks between the first two, and I kind of had. Because actually, I, I stupidly changed shoes at Henley in the Thames Path Hundred from sort of road shoes to sort of quite low-profile trail shoes, and that just messed up everything. And my leg was had really problems with my leg for the last 30, 40 miles of the Thames Path. Yeah. Um. And so I'm carrying that as a my like very minor injury, and so I had that. That took sort of four weeks to kind of go away, and then suddenly it's like oh, it's two weeks to the next race. So it's just like it's <laughs> time to taper, really. So it wasn't really. Well, at least sort. it's a nice, gentle one for the next one. Yeah, South Downs Way Hundred. So, <laughs> which see, yeah, it suited me reasonably well because it's kind of yeah, you run, you walk up the hill, and then you run down the hill, then you walk up the hill, then you run down the hill. It is, it, it is. I, you're absolutely right. It is much. I, I think for it is mentally much easier and probably physically yeah. much easier than um, yeah. than Thames Path. 
it, it's just it feels less of a slog doesn't it um apart from yeah the last the last bit on there um yeah. and so and and what and you and you completed that and that was that was absolutely fine that was yeah, yeah, no, yeah no doubt that was yeah south downs way was relatively straightforward that's yeah just 23 10 or something and then north downs way 100 was really hot and that was a bit of a struggle and then sort of managed to get around that and then it was kind of like well i've done three out of the four autumn hundred sort of meant sort of i've done i've done the previous year and all that stuff and it was just kind of waiting around for it because that was that was quite a long gap and then suddenly you're in the autumn hundred then you're going through reading and it's like it's like a bit bit of a drag that last race couldn't you sort of think doing four in one year is probably a bit much but yeah that that bit coming through yeah it was really and then finishing that's quite a big achievement there's a lot of at that time that was like it's it's still a massive achievement but it's not many people have done it at that point so yeah um, yeah, and you look at all the people who've done it before and since. It's quite a sort of a, a bit of a badge of honour and that kind of stuff. So, is that's... there it, it, uh, when you when you trying to do it? Are you trying to just get faster, or are you trying to? Uh, is there another <laughs> criteria for doing it, or is it just a case of finishing and that's the important thing? Um, I think it varies. So that one that was about the the Grand Slam each of the races I was just wanted to finish it and sort of I wanted to finish I wasn't that I, I wanted to go under twenty four hours for each race which I missed out on the North Downs way but um the other th- in the aggregate I was under ninety six hours um, but yeah I was just trying to get trying to get round really um and that was I was sort of viewed that as um yeah the, that that was more the more the priority just to just to finish the races really and so obviously then after you've done that yeah you're applying to Western States again. And yeah, you've got to do another hundred, you know, hundred mile next year. So what what was what was after that? What came after that? So I after after um, twenty seventeen. So this yeah, um, twenty seventeen. I was looking at. I'd signed up to do the Thames Ring, Thames Ring two fifty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. So I was going to do Thames Path and the Thames Ring, and then um, round about the sort of autumn that year, Mark Cobain brought out an event which was. Um, Lon Lass, which um, was going to be running, which is also 250 miles, but from Hollyhead to Cardiff through Wales. And I figured, well, I was going to do one 250 mile, uh, try one 250 mile race. So I figured I'd either do, um, yeah, I might as well do one in Wales rather than one in like around the Thames in Berkshire. Um, <laughs> and, and, I imagine you knew that uh, all these, uh, what's it called, all of those kind of areas quite, yeah, I mean, the, if you're yeah. kind of running through Surrey and, and all that. Yeah. Uh... yeah, my family are all from Wales, though. So oh, the, are they? The, okay. So one of the aid stations was the, the, the 150 mile aid station was where my nan and my dad went to school. So, and it's like basically the end of where my, it's at the end of the road of where my uh, nan and granddad used to live and my cousin lives there, there now. So it's like, so I kind of knew, and then my parents now live, kind of around about the 200 mile mark on the race and stuff so I was like ah this would be really cool to do that um so that was the 2017 challenge and yeah it was it was kind of just like it was probably as bad as the Ironman Wales experience what what wait so I mean that's quite that's quite a significant jump from uh from 100 to 250 so what like what how how yeah. does how how do you prepare for that? Like how what what can you do differently? Can you do any di- differently? No. Or is it just a case? Is it just about kit? Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say I necessarily prepared that much better or differently. I which is I didn't. Yeah, so that one was. It's, yeah, it was quite. A, it was a yeah very surreal race because um, it's also from having gone with the Centurion events where sort of every six or seven miles is 
group of people who jump out and sort everything you possibly, yeah, yeah everything you possibly need whereas that race was like well first aid station's 30 miles in some bus shelter and we'll give you some water and then <laughs> And look after yourself. But then the next one's in 60 miles, which also is a bus shelter. Um, and then and then and then it started raining very, very heavily at about 60 miles. And so then it was going through Snowdonia in a winter storm and then going like along the seafront in Barmouth. Um and trying to sort of self-cater as you go along. So going into like chip shops and Tesco's Port Maddock and and then from 68 miles to 100 miles, there was no, there was nothing. Like literally, like there was um, an 80 80 mile aid station, which was uh, Lindley Chambers with a with a van with some water on it. <laughs> and I think words of encouragement. <laughs> some car park <laughs> telling you if you set put one foot in the van, you're disqualified. And then uh, and then uh, um, yeah, and so then after 100 miles of being absolutely horrendous rain and there was still another and then like pits where it was sort of shin deep water and stuff like that and wow. on the roads i was like yeah I'm, I'm done so yeah called it a day after that one and so, so was, how far did you get how many uh, 100 miles 100 so, miles so that was as far as i'd ever done before and i still had 150 miles to go and like the, the, the 100 miles aid station was a rugby changing room with like 20 people in it <laughs> and so it started off at 7 a.m this was like 9 a.m 20 Five twenty-six hours into the race, I was just like, ah, "What? Uh, what is there? What's the, what's the route like on that? Is that is so? Is it like a mix of trail and road, or is it? Yeah, so it's main. It's a cycle path, so it's like it's oh, mainly okay. roads. You could you could put a road bike on 90 percent of it. Yeah, um, and it's kind of and it's like this sort of a few bits on like B roads. Some bits are like. Um, psychopaths um, but it's well it's well kind of marked and stuff there's not you don't yeah, do part, a huge amount of like self-navigation type no but we did we, we did miss one turn at 60 miles so we did three extra miles at that point three extra miles <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you what did you learn from that experience then what is the was it was the it, 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 what what do you think led to 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 that kind of dnf was it yeah, you know, just it being a completely different experience. What what was the what what do you think was the was the reason for dropping? I think a lot of a lot of it, yeah, lack of preparation. So I hadn't done anything longer than a hundred miles at that point. So mm-hmm. um, so it was the unknown. I think port, not yeah, not knowing what was coming up. Lack of preparation. Yeah, and that's part of the thing of under wrecking the. I didn't physically wreck the route, but like understanding exactly where you need to, where you can stop, where what's coming up, um, and the lack of sleep is sort of understanding what how 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 i'd react with sort of extended lack of sleep and um so yeah so kind of yeah there's probably a variety of reasons but yeah at that point it was just like it was like what was left to go was it's like you had to i'd had to do to somewhere where i could probably sleep was another 50 miles which was so that's that's the that's the thing with it like with charger i was i was gonna say like do it, it, it do you have to factor that in? Like, is I, I, I imagine that you do, don't you? Like, you, you've got to pick the time. Yet, you know, knowing what it's like being out for twenty odd hours, you don't know when you're going to feel tired and when you aren't. So, yeah. how does that work over two hundred and fifty miles? Yeah, so I, I did come back in twenty twenty one and finish did finish it. So, but that was one where at the hundred mile point, because I, I was feeling pretty tired because I'd run through the night. But then it got to like 
I got to that checkpoint at eight, nine in the morning and I, I felt like I was okay to go on. But I was like, no, I'm going to put myself down for an hour and just have a lie down and try and sort of, I didn't really sleep, but then, yeah, just needed to sort of reset a bit. And then, so then when I got up, woke up, I was like, well, I've, I've had a little bit of a rest. I'm ready to go. It's a new day. Went to like a cafe and got like pastries and Coke and pizza and all sorts of stuff. And then, yeah, he- headed off on the day. And so it was like, yeah, starting again. And I felt quite, that that made quite a big difference to me. And so with that race, I'd sort of timed in because it worked out quite well. Because then it was at that point now, it's like, well, actually, it's three lots of 50 miles to finish it. And so it's actually, it's not 150 miles ago. It's just getting to 16 miles to the next town which had a cat so I broke up that route into like eight yeah. to eight to 15 mile chunks and so it was never about like oh it's 240 miles to go now it's more like well actually the next stop is the post office in whatever town and so that's it to run to there and then it's like then this bridge and then to this so it's kind of and so do you, th- so do you think like the reason then why it, the, the difference was that the that was just a greater preparedness for that or yeah it's probably yeah probably wasn't necessarily that much fitter it was just a case of I knew what I knew how I knew how it would work what my what to expect and because probably in hind yeah it was best it was a bit better weather which obviously helped a lot but um yeah it's just yeah it's just a bit different and, and I sort of understood what the route was about and I'd done by that point I'd done but I'd done Lakeland 100, which was two nights out. So I kind of knew that. And I'd done Kennet and Avon, which was 36 hours. So I kind of built it up a bit. So it wasn't jumping yeah. from sort of 24 hours to 84 hours. It was sort of a bit more intermediate. Jump. And do you think yeah. I do you think you benefited in those races having having done Lon Lass? Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like the, 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 and I'd say probably that 100 miles of Lon Lass is probably still the hardest. 100 miles I've ever run in my life that, oh, like, really yeah it was it was yeah it was things like what mentally from a yeah it was just yeah but both mentally and physically because it was like um yeah just so many things that went wrong and things like running along Bar- uh Barmouth beach or one of those beaches and so running that line at three in the morning and because it was such a strong storm it was blowing the sand and the sea so you're getting like sandblasted oh, yeah. off the off the and then going over the the estuary railway bridge, and so you're like tw- twenty foot in the air, getting absolutely just annihilated, and then and then there's like other st- yeah things like getting lost, and then just not yeah knowing that you've just got no ch- just you've probably got no chance of doing it, but you're just just there for the sake you just like it's and you did yeah you didn't really know how to like call it a day because you're like out in the middle of nowhere you just just getting off with it really so so what were the what were the races then you did between the dnf in 2017 and then and then coming back you said that you did uh, yeah. kent and Avon so, and, and so, 100 yeah so 2018 would have been another thames path um yeah, yeah thames path uh like uh yeah thames path kent and Avon and autumn 100 because that got me i've been collecting utmb point, points as i went along yeah and so I think if I got enough races in 2018, then I got an automatic entry to UTMB in 2019 because I'd been because I'd applied in 16, 17, and so 18 was going to be my third time, right? To get it, so I got in automatically in 2019. So yeah, so that's so 2019 was uh, Thames Path, yeah, and then 
UTMB, which I DNF'd in 19, and then I DNS'd Lundas because I got sick the week before. So, so UTMB. So okay. So, so uh, you, you, tell me about that then. Like, what, what was what what happened? What happened there? So UTMB, uh, the first time around, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I was like, ah, oh, mate, finally made it here. As long as I get through the first aid station, um, done like a reasonable amount of training, and I'm like it's pretty easy UTMB, and it, yeah, and then just absolutely died on like the first climb was fine, and I really sort of did quite well, and I was sort of moving, and then the second climb just. Just like felt like I was dying basically because my you sort of, I hadn't really got used to like I never run at altitude and that kind right. of stuff and so that was yeah that was pretty pretty rough going and then got to twin got to Cormier which is the halfway point ish in about eighteen nineteen hours not too bad and it's like our next aid station five k I was like I oh, brilliant got a bottle of like um lemonade or something and I was like oh yeah I should be fine like 5k how long can that take and it took me two hours 30 oh my god because it was basically a thousand meters it was basically a vertical kilometer to the XA station and I got absolutely really badly dehydrated and then um sorted myself out and then was back in the game just about and then second evening about 100 100k in then it started thunder and lightning going up this climb and I just like I was struggling quite a bit and I was like, nah, I'm done. Not nah. <laughs> it's just like you sort of see like all these people with poles going up this mountain. And then um yeah, I was, I'm, I'm having gone back and done it, I don't know if I quite had maybe I would have, maybe who knows, but I was yeah, I was like the thunder and lightning and then just I just turned around and went back down to the previous uh, so station. What, so what what so what did what do you think what do you, you know having now done it and completed it what do you think the 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 issue was again was that was that was that a preparation thing or was that just uh, it was also the cutoffs i've never i've never raced the cutoffs pop like the centurion ones because they're evenly paced cutoffs that yeah you sort of, you're like you run the first bit and suddenly you've got an hour in the hand to the cutoffs and if yeah. you finish a decent time you're never close to them whereas that one was like got through the first cut a station 45 minutes to spare brilliant happy days this is that's it Job done. And then the next one, I was like 45 minutes up on cut off. I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Must have been it's to sort of mismeasured the course or something. And then it was like 40, and it was just like never got like it. And then got to like 15 hours in, and then my gap to the cut off was like half an hour. And it was just like, oh, right. Are you weren't banking it. Oh, no. Yeah. That's um, awful. But that's, I think that's just the way they set up the race. And then I think once you get up from Cormier, then it eases a bit. Um, but then I, that bit where the cut off started to ease, I had my shocker with, um, yeah, dehydration, all that kind of stuff, and just been pretty bad way. And so then, yeah, and so then when I got to the the last day station, I got through. I had like forty five minutes to spare, forty minutes to spare. But then I sort of really struggled coming out of there. And then suddenly it's in your head that you're going to miss the next cut off. And I was like, well, there's no point like going through a thunder and lightning storm to just to get to the next cut for the sake of it. So that's good. when when having done so many races successfully up to that point and then you know you do utmb and you and you kind of dnf it and that does that you know considering like western states was the goal did that yeah. make you doubt in any way that maybe you know western states isn't going to be quite so easy or does it did it, did it make you doubt your kind of ability or anything or you know were you just pretty confident that you'd, you'd come back and no, I don't know. It's just I think, well, yeah, I don't, to say, yeah, UTMB and Western States, I kind of had them going in sort of somewhat parallel. So UTMB course, I I walked a couple of times as a kid on holiday. Oh, okay. So, so I know, knew it reasonably well. So I've, yeah, so I've done 
yeah so I'd, walk, I'd, I'd walked it twice over the course of like 10 days when I was like 14 and 16 or something I mean people so, do forget that it was a hiking trail before it was you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it, the UTMB is a hiking trail that has been turned into a race yeah um, um it's really yeah I think the UTMB they take you on a few detours which are a bit more punchy which is one oh, of really? the other bits yeah so there's one bit where because I was coming down and there's a bit where you come over the Italian border and on the UTMB, uh, the TMB walk, you go like walk down this like really nice grassy bit, which takes you down and thing. And then UTMB is like this arrow, which points you up into like, I think it's called like the Pyramid de Calcares or something, which is like basically just like a boulder field because nobody walks there. It's like, it's just like this massive, like car sized boulders that you're like there for like, 45 minutes trying to climb through and then back down the other side which is also a boulder field so you end up with like two hours of horrendousness whereas like there's like this little grassy route which just takes you down just cuts that out oh wow i didn't realize that so they've just uh, added in some uh not optional out and backs that kind of just give it a bit of a bit of spice on the way yes yeah, yeah yeah and i think it also because they tried to take it off the bits where maybe um where you'd get like uh regular tourists out and like if, on some of the bits they reroute you where the, off the main route because i guess you don't if you've got say two thousand runners coming through the same time as all the regular walkers so most yeah. of the time you're off i think there's only the last section where you hit loads of there's a couple of bits so you hit loads of regular walkers out and about um but yeah most of the time. like they, so they don't close they, it's not a closed course it's still open to like walkers and yeah yeah, you know. yeah it's like it's be like if you went on the north Downs way 50 or whatever you'd still have regular people out and about so oh really so the I don't know, they... I, of course they can't close it. i mean that's so obvious like now that you say it but i just yeah. i've never had i just I, of course of course there'll yeah. still be people walking and and yes yeah, so they like set that. they set you off at 6 p.m so there's nobody's they get everyone who's out and about in the first night is for the race and they're all cheering people on and then when you get to, as you get over into Italy, well, my place, um, seven or eight in the morning, and so then you're coming down into town, so there's not really many people. But then when you start to get towards Cornwall, yeah, there's a lot of people out and about. Um, and so, yeah, it was like I was in a walk, yeah, sort of 50 miles. The second time around, 50-ish miles, it, 45, 50 miles in. And then suddenly there's this group of American walkers who are out. And so you're sort of like just out it's just like having a chat and then it's like so then you have to start putting a bit of a show where you're like oh yeah I'm really struggling a bit you know it's been quite a long night oh yeah well anyway uh catch you in a bit and then just steam off like amazing this, oh do, like, do you know what it just didn't that just didn't occur to me at all but of course of course um so so yeah so then having having kind of like dnf that then like what was uh what was the what was the kind of the next stage after that did you kind of yeah drop back or did you attack uh, the next one hard like what was the what was the kind of the plan of action well, yeah well it was so 20 yeah so 2019 first attempts passed d dnf qtmb and then dns on nas yeah so that was that year and then 2020 was a bit different to other years right yeah so what happened so, 2020 uh, <laughs> well so with utmb because i really wanted to get back into doing it um there is a sneaky loophole where if you do a dossard solidarity uh you pay some money to a charity to a charity you can yeah. you can like you can you know like, i guess if you wanted to get back into if you wanted to do that on the marathon you can go for good for age or ballot or you can do it as a charity place so i did u as a charity place in 20 so i signed up in 2020 to do 
I paid some money to uh, a charity, um, yep. a water charity, which is, I was like, well, it's it's going to a good cause. It's not lining UTMB's pockets. Um, paid my usual entry fee. And so I had a place for UTMB 2020. But obviously, that didn't happen. Um, yeah. And then Centurion. So I'd had a place for the Thames Path. Um, which was meant to be in May, and then it was going to be um, UTMB in August. And then, um, yeah, and I'd also got a place for North Downs Way 100, which I hadn't cancelled because once I got into UTMB, I was going yeah. to cancel it, but never got round to it. And then, yeah, obviously 2020 happened. Um, and so I then, because I was working, obviously had an office-based job, and then working from home, I then suddenly had more time to train because I sort of go out and run each morning before starting work and that stuff. Uh, and so I did Thames Path. Uh, so I did UTM, uh, North Downs Way 100 in August when it normally was. Yeah. Because UTMB had been can't pushed into the future. And then Thames Path came out and ran like three hours faster than my PB at that point. Two hours, far, not two hours off my PB because I'd been training all. I was going to say, like, it's it's interesting to find out, like, what, what happened with people's training when... Um when COVID uh, kind of like rocked around, like whether yeah. people saw it as an opportunity to train more or whether they, whether they didn't. And so, yeah, that was the thing, like, you know, it obviously made a, made a, a, a big difference to you. Were you more purposeful in it or was it a case of just, you had the opportunity something to, to do? To yeah. yeah something, it was something to do. And like, Cause you, yeah. cause no, no one really knew whether anything was going ahead or not. That was, that was the other thing, wasn't it? It's like you could try, who was it? I, who kept training for races and they kept getting put back and they were getting like uh, race, lots of people getting race fit, weren't they? You know, and, yeah. and then a race would be put off. And so like over kind of a, almost like an 18 month period, it was impossible to really prepare for anything. Yeah. So that was it. Cause I did some of like the Centurion ones, the Centurion virtual races and all that stuff. Cause yeah, sort of did a bunch of those different ones. Yeah. Um, so did like, yeah, I can't remember. The, I think Laz did one like that. I did. I ran, ended up running like, over a thousand miles in four months which i would never done before and stuff like that so um yeah so I did Thames Path and yeah Thames Path and ran it much but yeah went from a 21 hour 40 pb to 19 hours 40 pb and sort of yeah sort of made a bit of a jump then and did it uh, did it when you were doing that race and you made it did it did you feel that when you were doing the race that you were either you know better conditioned or faster or or, or whatever it was? Was there a a noticeable shift because you yeah had you increased was, mileage or do you just yeah, yeah probably done probably an extra twenty percent or something like that yeah um, and it was also really strange because with that the Thames Path because that was when it was the time trial format so it was like you bowled up to Richmond Town Hall and it was like and you just sort of gave your number and then you set off and then it was like you're running on your own. Um, kind oh, of really? So how they did it? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, um, I think they basically said, oh, you can go from like, I think if you're between, I can't remember, it was like, if your time, if you think you're going to do between whatever, under 21, go this time. And so I bowled up at, so I got a lift down there to start. And I was like, they're sort of between 7.30 and 8 was meant to be for like sub 18 hours or something, short of 21. And there was a few of us stood around and James was like, well, if you find, if you want to, if you want to have a go, if you want to set off, there's no point you hanging around here. You might as well get going. I was like, all right. So yeah, 738 or whatever. They walked up there and I was like, and they said, so, 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 oh, well, so, so, so when do I start? And they said, well, put your name in the nut in the system. So you started, mate. I was like, oh, and I said, you're off and running. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I was running on my own for like, um, quite a lot of the race. Um, and just sort of, 
yeah, I was having a really good, having a good race. It was a bit later on in the year. Um, it was so, um, yeah, the ground is much harder. Um, it was set off at 7.30 rather than 10. So you kind of got all the way to um, Goring before it got dark. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it felt like a pretty good race. I was like, oh, actually, if I keep myself, if I keep it together, I could go sub 20. And then suddenly, yeah, it's like, wow. It's, uh, yeah, so it's just held it together, really. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, so uh, after that, then, so the year after that, then you went back to Lon Last. What did what, what? What? What time of the year is Lon Last? Uh, end of October. End of October. So, did you do anything before before Lon Last? So, I checked my name in the Lakeland Hundred ballot because I, um, with the UTMB place, they gave you the option to do it in twenty twenty one or twenty two. Right. And I figured twenty one still seemed a bit murky, so I. I pushed it to 22 and so, yeah. and then there was Lakeland hundred. There was the, I'd never done that one before. Cause I'd always sort of been doing other stuff or whatever. And it was like, there was a thing for ballot places, check my name in and suddenly got a place. So I was like, ah, oh, I quite like to do that one. So, um, and that's quite, a, that's, that's sort of similar format to UTMB where you set up 6 PM and then, um, big loop and then get back. So I, I took, I did it just under 35 hours. So, so that was a proper that was the first time I'd done two nights without sleeping and that's right sort of a bit of an experience yeah so that year was Thames Path Lon uh Thames Path which was one night then Lakeland 100 which is two nights and then it was gonna be Lon Lass which is three nights right okay and then and so yeah and so then when you did Lon Lass that time you'd obviously you'd had the experience of the longer nights and and everything yeah. that, that, that that come before and everything so so then at the end of like after that, after you know completed Lon Lash, you must have been pretty, pretty confident. And when did you find <laughs> out that you'd got the Western States place? Was that before Lon Lash? When when do you find that out? Uh no, that was yeah, that's around about this time two years ago. Yeah, I think the draw was like end of November, beginning of December. Right. Um, and so at that point, yeah, so at that point I I knew I had a place for you pretty much had a place for UTMB. Yeah. Um and then I, I was like, I'd been in the ballot six times. So I was up to like 30% or something. And I was like, oh, I'm doing U10B next year. I probably could do without getting into Western States this year. So... And then it's like, <laughs> out of pot. So... <laughs> and so when that happened, what was your first thought? I was really chuffed to get in. And then it was like, oh, right. Yeah, of course I'll get in this year. So so which, so wait a minute. So just so you get, so which order is it in? Is it, it's... So... Western States first, then UTMB. Yeah, so Western States is last Saturday in June. Yeah, and then UTMB's end of end of August. So, okay. they're, so they're quite this relative. They're sort of both. Obviously, being good at climbing helps on both of them. But UTMB, uh, uh, Western States, you're not allowed to use hiking poles. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. I, do, I, do you know what we we have talked about that before? Yeah, no, yeah. that's right, isn't it? You're not um, allowed to use that. So for that, I didn't. So my training for Western States, I didn't do any. Um, yeah, I didn't use poles or anything. And then I, I did because uh, I was trying to build up my quads. I did quite a lot of cycling on a single speed up and down hills. Right. Okay. So that helped build my. So I'd go out and do running and do a cycling session. So. I was going to say, like, knowing you know that Western States was like your your thing and everything. Did you vary up the 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 training in the you know in a certain way? So you'd obviously been very clear on you know what it is that you 
what it is that you needed to to work on. Um, yeah, yeah. Was there anything else that you you were doing as well, just to kind Not of really. prepare for that? I take don't take it. It's one of those ones where you could go and recce. No, first and no, particularly during COVID. But yeah, no, I I sort of watched lots of videos on it and read about it. But it was like a sort of understanding, and they're sort of saying that the big issue is like running downhill is what kills people, like people's quads and stuff like that. So I basically worked on my quads massively. So running lots of running up and down hills around my area, but also did the out on the cheap machine with the old. It's both in the single. Yeah, climbing with a single speed is pretty hard going. Then proper hills on a single speed is quite hard going. So. Who knew cycling would help you with Western States? That's there you go. That's uh, that's, that's incredible. And so, um, and so, did, did you were there, were there any other kind of like build up races to that you did before Western States, or were you just no. nice well, I did before I did that the track race with all the debaters where we all dropped out. So I did. <laughs> Go on, I yeah, did. explain that one. We were talking about so we, that beforehand. Yeah, what, it was, was, that, a, was that a Phoenix one? It was a Phoenix one where we had there was about eight seven or eight do-badders who all turned up to go and with all various efforts to go and run and 24 is, hours is that is that was that have you done it did you had you done a 24-hour track race before or anything no like no that? no i don't think yeah i've not hardly ever run it so i so just turned up and sort of i thought it'd be good i was kind of interested to try one and had all my yeah and i did reasonably well so i got around i got uh it was kind of one of those ones where because i'd not been used because i used to running on trail that i've that after sort of eight nine hours in, my things started to feel a bit funny, and I was like, "Well, I don't really want to get injured." Yeah, on a doing a track race. This so I still had three months to go till UTMB, so I called it a day after twelve hours, um, and then yeah, Jenny called it a day after about eight or nine. Uh, can't remember. Is it Chris? Chris Folds, I think, was there. Uh, can't remember who else, but yeah, there was about there's quite a few of us, and we all binned it off early. Um, I think. Gareth Allen did 21 hours, 100 miles, which is pretty solid, but he still didn't get the full 24 hours in. And I think the rest of us, like, yeah, called it a day nice and early. So it's good. Full, full DNF. Well, had, full house yeah, of DNF. That's good. I mean, that's good. You got, you've got, excuse, you got excuses and stuff. That's the, that's, that's the key thing. So, so when you then like headed to, to Western States, like what was, what was that? Did you, were you, did you feel any of the pressure but just because you waited for such a long time? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. What what was the what was the kind of the feeling like? You know, was, going there and once you got there and yeah, it was quite surreal because it's sort because of, it was one of those things where I knew that it take I'd got lucky to get in in six years. So realistically, I, there wasn't really it wasn't like you sort of can just bowl up next year and have another go mm. or 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 yeah, um, or potentially I might never have another go. That's the thing. So it's like um, yeah, it was quite it was it was kind of weird, but yeah, because I did it um because i i did it as quite a quick trip as well so i think i flew on so i flew on the when yeah I flew on the wednesday morning so landed in so got to the got to the race village wednesday evening and then the race was saturday morning so i had like two days to hang out in in um uh, uh olympic valley yeah yeah um, yeah so it's it's, yeah, but yeah, it's just quite quite strange as you suddenly like going to Western States and it's like you see all like all the things you see on TV and like the the banner and then you're walking around town and there's like yeah all sorts of people out and about. So and then and then yeah and then, so like how was the race for you? Like did it go as planned? Was there was it what you expected? I suppose that's the that's the that's the kind of the big thing. Yeah, I think it was. 
it was one of those ones because it had been built up so much and everyone hypes it up and oh, it's the most amazing thing ever. And you're like, well, is it is it really that good? And all that. And everyone comes back and goes, oh, you're going to have so much fun and all this kind of stuff. You're sort of like, is it? So you're sort of hoping not to be disappointed. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was brilliant. It was just like just starting off at, yeah, five o'clock with the guy firing the shotgun and suddenly you're up, or five, yeah, five or six o'clock, whenever it is, and you are heading up the mountain and like, yeah, everyone's out and about. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool when you're seeing like all the running, like runners you've seen on YouTube or whatever. And like, it's all quite, it's all quite mad. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, it, it was, it's a bit of a, like running wise, I wasn't, I, I just, it was, I'd love to have gone sub 24, but I was like, well, if it's not, if I don't, then I just wanted to finish. So it's like, and I kind of set off pace, I paced it because it's, it's be basically got a massive, a big climb to start with. And, that, and that's the highest point of the race. So then it's downhill from there after, after that. So I kind of paced it, got to the first aid station. It was like to be, you need to be here in like two hours, 10 for sub 24. And then like 2.35 for finish is expected to finish and cut for like three hours or something. And I got there in like 2.40. So I was like, in theory, outside of that range. Um, and so then I was like, it's going to be a bit of a tough day to get a 24 hour buckle. And then got to, yeah, kind of did reason well. I got to like the 150, uh, 47 mile checkpoint in 12 hours. So I was like, well, I'm definitely not getting sub 24 but i had 53 miles 50, yeah what was it 18 hours to do 53 miles so it's like it's pretty so it's all stacked up and i kind of finished quite well and all that kind of stuff so i paced it paced it quite nicely but yeah it's just it's just really that's quite it's quite an experience with all these people out and about and like cheering you on and you've got the a stations of like all the food you can imagine and like all the towns coming out it's just yeah beautiful scenery yeah, I just yeah, and then the, yeah, it's 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 really hard. Western states is really hard to picture, like to, <laughs> to understand, like even like if watching like YouTube and seeing seeing these, like you could you can get a sense of what UTMBs like. You can get a sense of like what all the kind of the other, especially like, you know in Europe and things like that. But to un- to kind of get a sense of what Western states is like is is really it's it's, it's yeah. kind of mysterious in the, in the, in a, in a yeah. sense, I suppose. Um, and just even like the kind of the logistics of it and everything as well, what it how it feels like to someone that's not that that's not done it. When you say like there's people out and about, like what is it? Does that mean like it's like like incredibly well supported and there's people you know kind of along the route as well, which is quite yeah. unusual for a trail. Or what yeah, kind but, of way is it a kind of a vibe? Is it you know do quite people kind of mix with each other? Yeah, well, I think because almost everyone has a crew, so you've got lots of. You've got oh, okay. loads of people out who are out, just kind of people with the race or with their their crew and that with their watching for their runner and yeah it's just yeah it wasn't like like UTMB is like massive a lot more people out and about but this is just like it's just quite it's just quite a nice vibe and everyone's sort of like it's like Californian people rather than French people. <laughs> Not the French, French people are very supportive, but in a French way, so. Glad you said that rather than me. Um, okay, and then and then you, of course, you finished. And, and how did you feel like then when you when like you finally crossed the line on the uh, on the Western States? Because that you know that was you know seven years in the waiting. Yeah. Um, did you, you know? Did you did you did you get from it what you what you wanted? Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a bit of relief as well because to have gone that far and then to DNF to have been just like you're just never going to get. Yeah, it's almost like just wanted to finish it to like run around the track and you see all the different, like the, there's Rocky Chucky river crossing and all that stuff. And like where they, that's where, yeah, where you get the, the go through the river with the rope. And then 
uh yeah there's all these bits that you read about and like devil's thumb climb and all this kind of stuff it was like yeah it was yeah it's really cool so and then just yeah you get to also mix with the um yeah with like this there's like um was it the penultimate aid station um scott Jurek was on was working there so scott Jurek filled my bottles which is pretty cool <laughs> so i got a selfie with him and was that, the race, was that the race that Camille was on? It was, yeah. It was where she, yeah, where she did. Yeah, because that was the day before they have, um, uh, it, no, it was on the Thursday, they have this like traditional hike up to the top of the, you basically do the first four miles of the course. Right. Um, so they did like a a talk down the bottom and then we were sort of hanging out with a few, a few Brits and it was like, and then nobody, we're like, Where's that? has everyone set off for this walk thing? And nobody had. And so we we're like, oh, we might as well do it ourselves. And so we walked all the way up to the top and then uh, I, I got separated from the other guys. Um, and yeah, that was it. Yeah, because I was walking, I was wearing my bad boy running red T-shirt, cotton T-shirt. And then Camille was uh, Camille was in front of me. And so I was going down this path and I went to jog past and it was, uh, yeah, Connor and Camille. And she's like, oh, you're the guys to the run show. And I was like, yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At that point, you could have said anything you wanted. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> yeah. yes, that, yes, that's, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I just got, the, yeah, just had a chat with her. She was really, yeah, both of them really nice and I had a chat with her, but it was like, yeah, that was a couple of days. And then, yeah, and then she, she sort of walked up there and then she jogged off at like this walk factor died. And then I was like, oh, brilliant. And then, and then about five minutes later, there was a massive thunderstorm with hail. And so I had to run. The route was the reason why this walk had been cancelled because they knew there was a massive thunderstorm oh, coming. Oh, I see. But the yeah. night, so two days before the race, I was basically pegging it back in like a shorts and t-shirt back down to back down to the resort so got to amazing, amazing. yeah so it's just stuff like that so like she she's a great like she's a really nice lovely lady um and connor as well yeah just that that sort of vibe which i imagine it's something like utmb where you've got thousands of people like trying yeah. to get your autograph whatever you like whereas there's like a few people up the mountain or whatever that day so yeah just... yeah that must be yeah absolutely i think yeah that's, that's fundamentally different we talk about all the time about the difficulty of yeah, going into 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 aid stations and not that yeah, not that we've ever experienced anything like that. But yeah, obviously some of the uh, some of the guests that we've had on have talked about the difficulty going into aid stations. People asking for autographs and you know wanting to have photos and, and things like that, which is slightly difficult when you're feeling terrible and you uh, you just want to you just want to finish the race. And then so after finish Western States, how long then was it until UTMB? What kind of gap? Uh, did you have? Two months. Two months, and how did you? Uh, yeah, coming off of Western States, um, you know, and ge- actually, generally, do you, I mean, d- do you recover well? Do you have a, like a, re- I, a recovery routine? Do you know, you know, you must know what your body by now to know what you need. Well, I generally recover. I do recover really well. That one was the slight kicker where the day that I finished the race, my because my daughter, I was it was just me out of my own, but she got COVID. So uh, when I got home, I sort of was like a bit slightly run down, but sort of kept testing absolutely fine for covid started cycling just to get my legs back into it and sort of feeling yeah. a bit rubbish but it's like jet lag and all that stuff and then discovered i had covid so then that was the next week of a so week two of recovery was with covid so i just did absolutely nothing because I, I figured my body was pretty run down mm. and that there's an absolute that i could do myself some proper damage if i went and did so, so i had like two or three weeks where i did nothing basically because well, do you think you COVID. benefited from that in terms of Poss- giving yourself a rest, or was possibly, it- it's, I don't know what the count. I don't know what the the, the what, what might have been otherwise. So, um, 
No. But no. yeah, I usually start because um, actually during one of the things during COVID, I got on um, during lockdown, I got into a running streak and I found that helped. So after my after races, I'd go for a run the next day and I found I recovered way better when I actually rather than sort of sitting down doing absolutely nothing for two weeks. Yeah. I found that I recovered way quicker. So between, so when I ran my, so my best race was, was only four weeks between the North Downs Way 100 and the Thames Path when I ran my PB. So it was, yeah, 20, 26 days recovery. And so I started running between the two and came back and ran a PB. Wow. Whereas in the past, I'd sort of bumbled around and, yeah, I seem to take a lot longer to, for the legs to get back to normal. That's interesting. That's my thing. I've got a couple. I've got another, another mate who's a run streaker, and he's he he reckons it's if you that it's, he he recovers much quicker than a lot of other people because rather than doing nothing. Um, yeah, and then after gets... say after your last race of the year, whatever, do you do anything different, or do you, or is that I, just the same thing? I try and keep going because it's just kind of. I think running for me is not just about races. It's kind of just sort of a bit of mental break, mental just being out and about and a bit. Of, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I probably take, I, I cut the intensity back and just sort of be out and about jogging and maybe eat a bit more than I normally would do. But um, yeah, I, try, I, I run, I've run, I've run at least 100 miles every month for the last 10 years. Right. So I've had, I've not, I've never touched with, never been injured and I've never sort of had an extended break. I usually try and sort of just keep, but, I, but on the other hand, I've, I've never, I've done like one training week of a hundred miles once and that was because it was a centurion thing. So I don't, I sort of have somewhere between 25 and 70 miles on an average week. Or something it's like, like just consistency is the, is the, is, is the most important thing that's kind of seen you through it as well. And it obviously works because, yeah. you know, yeah, obviously the, 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 the kind of the level of the race up. And so then going back into that, into that second UTMB, did you feel like more confident did you feel more relaxed about it was there any kind of nerves around it because of what happened before and the fact that oh, yeah. yeah i i am you know i was gonna say western states probably isn't unpredictable but it sounds like it is just as unpredictable in terms of the weather like you yeah know, yeah what was what was your kind of thought with the with, with the utmb at the second yeah time around? i think it was just knowing that i wasn't good i didn't quite have enough fitness the previous time so i did yeah. a lot more hill training i knew i was maybe about five up to five percent better fitness this time i knew that i was going to be the cutoffs would be a bit more of an issue um and it was just that thing where i just had i don't know it was like at the start i got I, it was a mass start and i think i was probably like i don't know 100 people further on so then it was like each bit was slightly easier so i got there's one one bo- early bottleneck which i got caught in the first time whereas this time i was like three or four people bef- in front of me it started building up and then I got through it and then I looked back and like a minute later, there was a massive queue and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's all these little bits where now I was like two minutes up there and then you sort of accumulated yeah. up. So it meant when it started to get difficult. So like the second night I had a real rough patch, but I had enough, mar- I had sort of a margin at that point. So yeah. That's it, was yeah. Much, it was a much, well, it, 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 I mean, with the condition, the conditions better as well. Was there no like uh, thunderstorms on a, on a, a cliff face type situation or. No, it's really good weather. It was, um, I think, it, and on the first time, it was only a sort of a, it was maybe a three-hour window where it was pretty bad weather, which is when I dropped. But yeah, this time it was, yeah, it was quite hot. So that was probably the other flip side. But I think it's quite hot both years. But, um, but yeah, just okay. it just gave you a bit. I just had a bit more confidence, and you kind of knew that I was going to be up, relatively up against it with um, cutoffs. But then we're sort of 
adding a bit each time so it'd be like 20 minutes then 30 minutes then 33 then oh, so you've gone about... past that point where you were yeah starting to kind of pull away from the cutoffs and so yeah I suppose you start feeling a bit more confident then and yeah so then it was probably the bit where I, I lost a bit of time on the second night between because there was a big aid station which I thought about sleeping in but it was just absolutely mobbed and then and then like an hour and a half later I was just like oh man so like going up this climb which took for forever and then coming down the other side I was almost dead on my feet and then got into an aid station put my head down for a couple of minutes and and I was thinking well, actually it's five six in the morning so I might as well just get get out because once the light hits then it sort of wakes you up so did you, having like walked it before like it's very did you like remember it like were there bits of it you remembered or anything did that help you yeah. in any way or yeah well so it, it, some bits really helped and then some bits that was a bit where the bit where I was like really struggling I was like oh there's this bit along there it's like a a canal like a viaduct bit which is really nice here so just go along there and you go along there for about about 100 yards and they go oh no you get a little turn to the right where you go down <laughs> these massive crappy steps which have never been used and maintained and so it's like oh it's like things like that that's amazing so, that's amazing i do i always think like on uh, familiarity it can be it can be a dangerous thing as well yeah. as uh as well as things so you you know familiarize yourself because i thought when I did my first hundred miler, you know, in, the, in you know, yeah. the South Downs Way, I was like, well, you know, the bit that I run all the time is the bit that yeah, you, you kind of hit and it gets a you know, it gets a bit darker and you yeah, know, and it's going to be things like that. And so you know, I've run that you know so many times, it's going to be okay. And then running it at night after having done what like sixty miles, seventy miles and stuff, completely yeah. different. I had total confidence over it, and then it was it was almost as like that that confidence was completely misplaced because it, yeah. I, I'd never been in that thing. So it was almost it, it was jarring to think, oh, I, I'm really struggling in the bits that I should know really really well. And so sometimes hitting stuff that you don't know, you know, can yeah, I, I suppose it goes both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that was. Yeah, it worked all right on that. Yeah, it was just on that one. It was just like certain bits where it was, yeah, it was generally pretty good. And I knew the course and I'd sort of, especially coming back the second time around, I kind of made the effort to like understand it and watch all the recce's and all that stuff. So. And then, so having done then the Western States and UTMB, that's the, yeah, like you say, those are the two, the two big ones in terms of the points. Yeah. yeah. That you kind of talked about, like, was it, was it really obvious where next? Uh, well, I'd, yeah, because I've been. It took me ages to get a Spartathlon qualifying time, which is the other sort of third one that's out there. And yeah, that was one I sort of because the first year I got it, that was so 2020. I had the place in because it, it was the same time as Lon Lass. So yeah, I, no, I wanted to do Lon Lass. The second, then the next year I had because um, the Spartathlon draws in February, May, February, March time. So. And then the next year I'd got Western States and UTMB, so I didn't apply for Sparta Athlon. This year I was like, well, they've got a similar thing. I think it's easier to get into, but they have like a, they do they have a ballot. And like if you're an, if you're a CFTB, you get an automatically. Um, where regular people, there's a regular draw. Um, and so if you don't get in the first time, then you get like two tickets the second time. And normally people right. are in relatively quickly. But I also didn't know, if I didn't apply this year, I wouldn't have a qualifier for next year unless I ran one. Because I sort of, because um, my you have to do it. You have to run sub twenty one hours in the last two years. So right. my 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 time would have elapsed. So then, 
I chucked my name in and I had a new job and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, probably not the best year to get drawn. And then suddenly March, I'll get this message from someone saying, oh, I thought I heard your name being drawn. Well, I was like, it's, funny, it's funny, like stuff, I don't know, like from the outside, all stuff seems to fall for you like really, it, really nicely. It's just like, because it just seems like you're, you're from the outside, you're just like going, oh, big race, I'll do that one now. I'll do that one now. I'll do that one now. But of course, yeah. you're applying for them in the background. You're carefully, you know, moving things around and stuff like that. Yeah. But from the outside, it looks like you just go, you just kind of ticking them off casually as you go. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm just going to run UTMB in Western State. Oh yeah, I'm just going to do Spartathlon next year. Uh, you know, yeah, stuff like that. You've just kind of got all those pieces in a row. Yeah, just yeah. You're sliding them into place as, as well, it goes. Well, well, I'd got a place for Grand Union Canal race in May as well. So that was the one that I'd sort of chucked my name in the ballot back because that was sort of felt a bit more managed that was sort of London to Birmingham a bit more manageable and that kind of stuff in terms of logistics because I could just go sort of do that quite straightforwardly so I was like so having that so I'd got that one I did that this May as well so so I did Thames Path Grand Union and then that was in the those were in, in the diary and then somebody Why do you keep going the- back to Thames Path I once tried to do the te- well, I've done the Thames Path twice I once tried to do it a third time and LSE was like, you're a fucking idiot. Why do you keep doing, like, trying to do the Thames Path? What, what, what is it about That's, the Thames Path that keeps keeps joy, drawing you back um, to that one? There's a few, fa- it's it's early. It, I quite like the course. Um, if I'm being honest, it's, well, there's it's a Western States qualifier. So you do Thames Path and it's kind of, you get, that gives you a Western States place. Um, it's, it's quite for, for me i can get the train there in the morning um because st- it starts about 9 nine thirty. so i get the train there in the morning run it and then get the train home afterwards so i don't need to get a hotel it's kind of minimum time away from home and i just can't it's, it's a really nice vibe at the start as well because it's like the first race of the year so you've got everyone's mm. like outside the, the richmond hall and then because i've done it quite a few times i quite enjoy like i kind of got the hang of it and it's like you sort of you get through to like reading and it, i quite enjoyed the reading up to 60 and then it's at that point then it's sort of the night section and i kind of it's a bit of a personal challenge at that point sort of sort of hustling along and getting it done it's the, the problem with the thames path is that about 20 seconds into it because you think oh because that's the that's the main thing about the thames path it's like it's beautiful isn't it yeah. it's beautiful yeah. it's historical it like lit it's just such a, a kind of a you know wonderful like just the you know, the things that you go to, things that you see, yeah. and things like that. It's a bastard because it's flat. That's yeah. that's the thing that you tell you. But the other thing is, you're running along, and on a lovely day, you're thinking oh, this is great. And like about twenty seconds into it, you're thinking there was another way for me to experience this, and that could be in one of the pubs that <laughs> all these people are sitting in and enjoying themselves. And you're running, you're thinking, oh, this is one people are having picnics, people are enjoying themselves. And I think that's the that's kind of like the hardest thing, like the amount of regret that goes through your mind. As you, when you start off yeah. going, oh, I could have all experienced all of this in a completely different, normal, sensible way. But instead, yeah. I decided to run this. And yeah, and you got the people out fishing, and you think fishing looks like a good hobby. Relative Everything to this. looks like and a good hobby, apart from people sat on boats and all sorts. Um, and exactly. then suddenly, you get, and then suddenly, you find yourself in in uh, in Oxford, and it's like, ah, oh, there you go. And so. And so, yeah, so like when it came to kind of like Spartathlon then, like what was the, you know, what was your, you know, what was your preparation for that? Like what, you know, what did you, did you do? Because the thing is, Spartathlon confuses me a little bit in the sense that yeah. everyone, like really, really good runners, people yeah. who are just like seem to kind of tick things off, they do Spartathlon and then like DNF. And I'm like, 
what? Like, what the, yeah. what is about it? And there's nothing that anyone ever explains about it that makes it sound as though it's, as though it's doing it. I know that like the cutoffs are tight, but it's really yeah. hard to have it, not done it and only read about it or heard about it yeah. to understand why it is so hard. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Cause that was all where I just had a plan and it was just like, I, and I was right at the back at the start um, and just sort of paced it. I think it just breaks people who aren't used to running on, it is 150 miles of tarmac and yeah. it's, and I've seen, I've never seen a race with so many like horrendously broken people. Like not the people who are like sort of bent over double and that kind of stuff. It's, it's, yeah, I think that's probably the bit where people. And you think I that's think, pro- it's primarily because of the surface? There's the surface is just. I think it doesn't. It's 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 hot. It's it's a it's a tough surface, and I think it's just, a lot of people go out too quickly as well because they're sort of I'll bank some time. Um, I think it's just being out for that much longer. But probably is that you've got that accumulated risk or or, or that that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah for me it was just yeah I was right at the back at the start. Um, I think I was with it after two hours. I think the first the, the cutoff for that point was two hours ten, and I went through it in two hours, two just under two hours, one minute. And I think the last person was maybe three minutes behind me, so I was I could sort of see like the back of the back of the race kind of thing early on, just sort of being comfortable that, that was how it was going to be. Four hours twenty odd for the marathon, and it was a four forty five cutoff, and then got to ninety mile, uh, got to. The fifty mile checkpoint, which is nine hours thirty, and I got there in like nine hours four or something. So I kind of not a massive buffer, but I was like, but that's fine because that's then it's like a hundred miles is going to be twenty two hour cut off, twenty two hours ten cut off, and I got there in twenty one and a half. And that was just I knew that was that was sensible pacing for me. And then yeah. when it was the next day, it was like being on the Thames Path a bit, where it's sort of cold and misty and everything like that. And everyone's like, "Oh, this is awful. It's really cold." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, this is amazing. This is like." <laughs> so that's where the like... Thames Path thing comes. He goes, "Here we go." I don't, I've, I don't know about this. I've trained for this. This is, yeah. this is. I love this. Yeah, there was <laughs> not like enough some... grass, not enough grass and fields for me, but this will do. <laughs> yeah, it was like you could. Yeah, there was like this um, Argentinian Venezuelan bloke who had like this like race blanket on, and I was like, "Oh, I'm really bad. It's just awful. I'm really cold and tired." I'm like. Yeah, yeah, cheers. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> this is like running along, like doing like 12 minute miles or something, which is like, yeah, and suddenly made up like over to about 10, 15 people that morning. So, yeah, that was a bit for me. Um, and then once you get to like, yeah, and then at that point, it's like 30, 40 miles to go, and then it starts getting warm again. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's the bit where it's like, I've sort of had enough races where I've sort of had a shocker where you just sort of have to chug it in. Whereas I think for some people, it would maybe a lot faster. It's it's maybe a bit more that they're not used to having they're not used things. to hitting a, a point like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and, and so then yeah, you know, I suppose. But the kind of the next question is like, what's what's next? Like, what's what's coming up? How do you how do you how do you top what you've done so far? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's kind of it's a bit difficult. So it's, there's a few races that I'm having a look at, um, which yeah, um, which I've got my eye on. But yeah, it's not quite the set. I think looking at the hunt, the hunt, the sort of the classics, I probably tick quite a few of them off i'd like to do comrades at some point because i was born in south africa and grew up near there so and my dad's his training group at, in when he was in south africa um quite a few of them did comrades so it'd be quite good to do that i'd like to do that at some point is it is uh, it's something like um you know things where the environments are massively different like from from what you've done do any of those kind of things a bit like something like bad water or i think bad water i'm not 
it appeals in some ways, but it's so crew and support dependent. I think it's, it's yeah, it's because I've, I've met a few people who've done that, and that sounds an awesome race, but you have to have like a pacer from forty-five miles, and you have to compulsory crew and all that stuff, and it's a lot, it feels a bit it? like a team race, and like, yeah. I could see a lot of people absolutely love that one. Um, I'd like to do something like Escape from Meriden or Meriden. Oh yeah, something like that. That sounds quite good fun. Um, there's Cardiff to Cardiff to London race, which Mark Cobain's putting on year after next, which should be quite uh, good fun. Weren't, weren't you going to do Arc of Attrition as well? Oh well, yeah, I'd put my name down to, for that one, but yeah. um, it was I was starting my new job on the Monday, and that would have been the Friday and Saturday, and I thought <laughs> that was probably not a good start to a new career being a complete <laughs> space cadet on day one it's like amazing amazing imagine that conversation goes oh like so what did you do this weekend uh okay this is gonna this is gonna sound ridiculous uh no well, that's the thing you just got to keep it under wrap because of that point during my note during my um first six months i kept everything like didn't tell a word on anything so it's like so it's like my grand union was like, oh, I'm uh, heading off Saturday morning uh, along the grand union. You're going to meet mate for a beer and then get the train back, cut my comb after. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's yeah, so brilliant. I kept it completely under wraps. Like you sort of hear people talking about running and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought, no, I can't, because it's one of those things, once you open up the floodgates, it makes you sound like an absolute lunatic. So for the first six, seven months, <laughs> and I think I accidentally let it slip on one of the things I was talking about. I talked about Spartathlon. It's, oh, yeah, and after 100 miles, you go over a, mar- over, over a mountain. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, how far is the race? It's like, oh, 153 miles. So yeah, oh, sort of trying to then unpack, and then it's like then the hundred questions which then come out. Yeah, so um, amazing. Yeah. So, uh, so I suppose yeah. the um, uh, what was it? well one thing I had asked, I asked the do badders if they wanted to uh, to ask you any questions, uh, um, and yeah, you can imagine what the I, what the response. Um, I've been that do badder once, so yeah, exactly. This is it. This is where you 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 feel it. There is there is yes, actually, there is yes, there is a podcast. Yes, there, <laughs> yeah, there's the vest, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, this is a good one though. This is a good one. What's your perfect crisps and beer combo? Perfect beer and crisp combo. Uh what do I go for? Uh, I quite like che- M&S cheese tasters are good. Um, I just like weird, wonderful crisps that you get overseas and then some random beer. So I've got, yeah, something like, I've got, I've got the moment. Although that's probably a bit, bit uh, rogue at the moment. Really. But I don't know if we're meant to drink very dog or not. But, um, we don't, yeah, I think none of us know whether we're supposed to drink it or not. Like, I don't know if they, are they good now? Are they bad now? Are they evil? I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, it's got to be something strange that I find. So if I'm in, if I'm, it's got to be sort of a, it's got to be local or niche or something or like, um, I don't know, like pomegranate crisps with a random beer or something. So but yeah, that's that's my alter. Yeah. Well, amazing, amazing, Dave. This has been this has been so insightful. Um, you know, I think there's loads of people who want to do so many of the races you want to do. And I mean, if anyone really, really wants to do Thames Path, you you seem to be kind of like the expert at it now. So um, done seven seven times on the Thames Path, God. so I'm going for the because they do that. James has got the thousand mile buckle, which I'd like to get. Some oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I've got a five hundred mile buckle, and now. I sort of think because I thought seven would be a good point to stop because that'd be like a week on the Thames path. There's like a thousand mile buckle. 
no no it's gonna be it's gonna be more that but um but i i do have to actually say that um you 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 represent something very very important for uh for, for bad boy running in the sense that although we have like cftb going out there and you know and succeeding all his races yeah he, he never ever wears the merch when he's doing it never ever yeah. wears the merch. he wants all the he wants all the the applause yeah. and everything in the in the group and stuff like that but he never wears the merch whereas you without like a shadow doubt you wear the merch and you do the most important thing which is you do the push-ups which yes. are a beautiful sight to behold so you know we'll salute you in terms of your your real dedication to uh to, yeah. to making sure that you fully complete a race and in uniform as well yeah western western states was quite a funny one where they're trying to put a buck on me and then i i did the i did the press up straight away that was like and billy yang's then on the on the uh the comms going oh and then the Greek quad as well was a bit strange. It's just like, well, I can't I've come this far. I can't. It's just like the, the mayor of Sparta looking at me like an absolute lunatic. It's just <laughs> brilliant. It's brilliant. Go. It's great. It's just to see the faces, stuff like that. Just to, it's funny, like seeing you, like when you see you on the videos and stuff, you see the videos and all of a sudden you duck down. And it's, <laughs> it's like, what's happened? Is he falling over? No, no, no. He's just, he's just doing press ups. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, well, Thanks so much, thanks so much, Dave. If you're uh, if you're in the um, uh, Bad Boy Running group, you can uh, David's in there. David's in there all the time, so you can um, say hi. Probably, you know, be doing another race or something that you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to see and uh, support him alongside. But thank you very much, Dave Stewart. Cool. Cheers. Fuck you, buddy.